Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse, Code, and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town, The Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dumbs and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dumbs and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dumb Dumb Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dumb Dumb Dice. Get your merch today. Welcome back, initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. The mystery punchers escaped the abattoir that was the mayor's bedroom and the scene of the crime. Adrian was heartily injured defending the others. Richter determined that the mayor did not summon his own attacker. And Red led the team away and towards the spooky gifts left by their murderous benefactor. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. Richter, you are uh, left uh, by the... Mystery machine, uh, military wagon mobile, um, a little distance away from your your home. Um, it it seemed prudent not to just dump you on the the doorstep and just hope for the best. Um, so uh, Red let you off um, just a just kind of like a little ways down the street, so you can kind of approach uh, as you'll see fit. Um, Red, can you roll me a spot hidden, please? Yes. So I feel like if you saw obvious signs of danger, you would not leave an old man to his fate. Ooh, 
Double zero is zero, right? Yes. Okay, then I rolled a three. That is an extreme success. Shit. Um, yeah, you, I think, don't let him out for like a good few minutes. Um, you're also aware, though, that like Addy needs proper medical care. Um, but you don't see any movement. His house looks completely dead and empty. Unfortunately, because of the size and quirk of his house, um, it would be kind of hard to tell. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you don't see anything um, and even after you let him out I think you like do a lap around the block and you, you're not seeing anything at all so it would seem that the collective idea you guys had last session that um, whatever this thing is isn't present at the time is is likely holding true cool great I think I probably like let him out with a warning of you know do not hesitate to use that shotgun Okay. I, I will uh, I will keep that in mind. Thank you, Red. Uh, and uh, Addy, take care of yourself. Uh, Red, take care of yourself. I will see you soon. Yeah? Thank you for the bandages, Dr. Grandpa. Oh, anytime, Addy. And uh, with that, the, the truck rolls on down. Um, Richter, um, you begin to approach your house. How do you think you would approach I would go up to the front of the house and I imagine the first floor having like big bay windows. Yep. And I want to look in the windows of my, of my own home and see if I notice anything. Sure. Um, given that we, we've described um, particularly like a year or so ago, 10 <laughs> years ago, I don't know what the fuck time we started this podcast, um, but the meticulous nature of the mess in your house, um, I think uh, you have a pretty good sense, even though it is a disaster all the time. You, it, it, like you understand the disaster. Like you're one of those, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you literally run a curiosity shop, but uh, like a lot of hoarders, where they're just like, oh, I need a socket wrench. Well, I know there's one under these like six piles of newspapers and like I don't know a, a box of mini disc players. Um, I'll just hop over there. So go ahead and roll me a spot hidden, please. Uh oh. Spot hidden, not high enough. That's a fail. Okay. Uh, it's dark inside and it's dark outside, so it's pretty difficult to see if anything is out of place. If you could see, you would know, uh, but unfortunately, you can't quite make it out. Okay. Um, with uh, the shotgun in hand, I'll go around to the back of my house and come in the back door. Sure. Um, so you enter through the back door um, into kind of your, I assume, kitchen. I think we talked yeah. about like the, the kitchen area. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the, the house has that familiar smell that's always so comforting, um, having been away from home for a while and around kind of the, the stench of, of blood and gore, just, uh, that sort of comforting, uh, smell. What do you think Richter's house smells like given kind of what you've collected? That, uh, I don't know if mildew is the right word, but that smell that like old paper, Mm-hmm. can sort of accumulate uh, um i think it's i think it's that i think yeah. there's a lot of texts uh kept here um newspapers that go that have been like you know delivered like day after day after day just sitting <laughs> inside yeah, yeah. like the the mail slot of the front door kind of thing um yeah i think i think it just smells old and musty Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Um, 
so it's it's a familiar smell. It's a comforting smell to some extent, and uh, the air feels very still, um, somewhat undisturbed. And the kitchen appears to be in the state that I left it in. It does. I'm going to reach into my pocket and gr- and grab uh, um, Benny's hand. I'm going to hold it like I'm shaking his hand. I'm going to grasp his hand that way. Uh, and I'll hold it out in front of me and I'll close my eyes and I'll just say, Benny, if you can hear me, guide me, lead me, Benny, if you would be so kind. Um. And you feel just like a, a bit of like a, a squeeze. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, index finger kind of uh, points forward. Uh, Do I feel like a pull or anything? Yeah, or? yeah. Sorry, I guess because you're shaking. You're uh, sorry. I was imagining you're, you're holding. Yeah. So um, you, you feel you feel kind of a tug, but um, it doesn't feel definitive. Uh, but okay. it does feel. Uh, kind of like that's that's the direction to go. I'll so, follow it anyway. So following the the gentle tug, uh, you begin to wander um, into the the quiet stillness of your home. Uh, meanwhile, Red and Adrian, um, you're driving to the Diesel Estate, which again is on the the outskirts of town. Unfortunately, because it's old money on the opposite edge of of town from the new money houses that have been built. Um, and for the first time, kind of since your your little showdown um, in Richter's shop, uh, you actually have uh, kind of a moment, just the two of you. Um, weirdly, in a lot of ways, it feels like the old days, um, except that um, neither of you would get this banged up in in the old days. Uh, this is this is relatively new, um, but it's also, I think, for the two of you, and based on kind of the conversations you've been having, the first time where you've been able to kind of work together the way you used to. Um, so there's a familiarity in that. And I think, uh, um, as is the way with like people we've known for a really long time, you had like a pretty massive falling out and then you just kind of went back to work (laughs) and there's something that comes with that. What do you think you guys discuss as you drive to the diesel estate? We're a long way from Boston, aren't we, Adrian? (laughs) Yeah. She smiles a little bit at that. And I feel like that's exactly what she expected him to say. Um, when this is all over, honey, we're going back. You know to, that, right? To Boston? Why? Yes. Would you rather stay here? I don't know. We've got a big house and Wackadoo Willie has my donkeys. We could live here in a nice house and all the spooky things would be gone. Then we wouldn't have to get shot anymore. Did you have fun in Boston, Adrian? Was that an enjoyable life for you? No, but I like being with you. She takes a second to... Do you like being with me? Of course I do, honey. Did you have fun in Boston? Adrian, I got to smuggle liquor and run my own gang. The Yes, yes I did. I realized that it's not the kindest life, and it's not the easiest life. Yeah. But I have a feeling that you and I would get very bored here very quickly. Maybe... I don't know. The sprinkles is all over the place. There's the ice cream man visits. 
Uncle, uh, Grandpa Richard has a store and he's a doctor now. So maybe, maybe you could be mayor and make everyone friends. Because the mayor is dead. <laughs> he he is, and I just hope that I just hope that whatever we find at your house isn't quite so scattered. Wait, there's something at my house. And with that, you pull up to the diesel estate, um, Richter. Um, Benny's hand is is kind of tugging you along, um, and almost uh, you you notice he seems to be dragging you to the places that he's most familiar with. Um, so you go to the sitting room um, where you'd often sit and and talk about um, you know headlines and what Benny was was investigating. Um, you go to the kitchen where you you shared a number of meals. Um, can you roll me an int, please? That's a success, at least. That's a hard success. Very good. Um, you get the sense that this is... Uh, there's um, a hesitation and then kind of a, a certainty to a lot of these, these gestures um, that reminds you a lot of when someone actually doesn't really know where they are but he's determined like, oh, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure, it's, you know, that thing where it's like you're looking at a bunch of different streets and you're like, ah, it's, uh, no, it's, it's this one. It's got to be this one. And then they just like pull your hand and go that way. And it's not that way. Um, you're getting the sense that Benny actually doesn't necessarily have anything specific for you, but kind of feels like like the hand seems like it, it it's filled that role for you for so long that it has to have some insight. So it's trying to be helpful, but as you're getting tugged around these familiar spaces, you're not really seeing anything that uh, out of the ordinary, and you start to get the sense that maybe the hand is, in its own bashful way, just trying to help out. I'll sling the shotgun over my hand so that I over my shoulder, so I've got a free hand to just kind of like cup Benny's hand and just like reassuringly hold his hand and say, "All right, Benny, that is uh, that is enough. Rest now, my friend. I will I will call on you again when I need you. Thank you." And I'll put his hand in my pocket. Uh, as you do so, it, it, the hand gives you like a half thumbs up, like a sheepish, like, oh, I, I tried. And then the thumb kind of goes down sadly, and um, you put the hand back in your pocket. And I will continue the the search throughout my house uh, on my own. Okay. Um, I'll go upstairs, upstairs to my bedroom. Um, all right. So um, you find, uh, you know, your robe where you discarded it some time ago now. It's been a while since you've been home. Yeah. Uh, you find the the slippers that we described so lovingly in episode one, um, where you would normally leave them, um, but um, your your room seems uh, undisturbed. Uh, in a lot of ways, I think the thing that strikes you perhaps the most about being home now is how quaint a lot of the research you've been doing feels after all of the occult things you've encountered and all the knowledge you've unlocked. You're looking at. Um, for a long time, you were on the outside looking in on the occult. And now that you're on the inside, it's kind of, I think, somewhat humbling to look at all the research you've been doing and the ways you've been approaching it. And, you know, it's like it's like you found the Rosetta Stone. So you're trying to decipher a bunch of languages, but now you've, like, really unlocked a bunch of stuff. So there's, um, I think, a sense of loss to some extent. Um, but also given... I, I don't think you mourn the past very often. You kind of drive forward. So it's, it's fleeting if it's there at all. Hmm. Uh, but I would offer that up as, as a possibility. Um, so yes, your room is undisturbed. 
I think seeing my robe and slippers, I'll, I'll go into my bathroom next mm-hmm. with the intention of taking my gore soaked clothes off and just throwing them like in the tub or something. And then sure. putting on my clean, comfortable clothes. Great. Yep. Um, so you do that uh, again, the house is, is still and quiet. Um, and uh, what's the, what does the new outfit you put on look like? It's, it's my robe. It's my, oh, my okay. silk robe and my comfy slippers. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so you, you feel the familiar warmth uh, of the robe and, uh, and the slippers. Um, and it's just nice to be out of the viscera soaked garbage. Yep. Um, a cursory look around the rest of the upper floor. Um, nothing seems to be amiss. And I think you're a pretty instinctual fella. Um, you're getting the distinct sense that, that nothing, there's nothing here. Um, of course, there's still the basement. Of course there is the basement. Uh, I'll grab a flashlight and uh, I'll uh, I'll go to the I'll go to that you know you come down the stairs from upstairs down to the ground floor and if you like turn around it's like that doorway in the stairs that leads down exactly to more what stairs. I was imagining too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I'll I'll go to the door and uh, open it and I'll I'll light my flashlight. Um. You're hit with uh, a, a smell of, of sort of cold, musty air, um, as basements are like to do. Uh, and with the steps creaking beneath your slippered feet, uh, you begin to descend into the darkness. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. I got this really strange email last night. I need to see what's going on with this mystery file. Hey, it's a map. Of a town called Ocean Bay. Someone sent these images to you for a reason. I'm so lost right now. When was the last time you chose a direction and followed it? I'm going to Ocean Bay. We don't get many tourists this time of year. Ocean Bay is a friendly town, but we're not that friendly. I never sent you an email. I don't even know you. And why exactly are you here? The map is the reason we're here. Maps help when you're lost. Do you know what a trap street is? Trap streets aren't real. They don't exist. Don't trust anyone unless they give you a reason to trust them. I I think he's dead. How could so much damage happen to a human body in such a short period of time? What the hell is going on here? From the creators of Strange Air, this is Trap Street. So maps can have secrets. Yes, maps can have secrets. Follow and hear new episodes of Trap Street anywhere you listen to podcasts. Dumb Dumbs and Dice would like to invite you to check out Dumb Scum and Villainy, a podcast where comedians and improvisers explore the underworld of the Star Wars Edge of the Empire role-playing game. This series features our game master Tom McGee, Ryan LaPlante as Abraxis Brash Core, Tyler Hewitt as Vic Denbar, Guy Bradford as Engage 311, and Adam McNamara as the forgetful psychopath Waka Waka Fonzie. So join this crew of bumbling criminals, see if they turn to the dark side of the force, or stay in the shadowy parts of the light and enjoy an adventure in a galaxy far, far away. Episodes are available now. Now get out of my shop.
Red and Adrian, you've pulled up outside of the Diesel uh, estate. Um, the the house stands under the the beautiful tree canopy that uh, we described oh so many moons ago. Um, Adrian, uh, one thing I want to ask you before we venture into the mansion itself: um, how you they, they've given you some confusing ideas about Sally. Where are you at with with Sally? I still don't think he gets it. I think Adrian believes that there is a monster and Sally is involved. So either the monster has Sally or Sally made friends with the monster, which feels like probably the most logical one to him, but that she's mad because we didn't save her. So I think he feels like bad about it, but I don't think he can really understand the idea of her having either become something terrible. Like that's an abstraction too far for him. Would he would he discuss this with Red? Would he ask for clarification, or is this one of the things that lives in his mind vault? Um, no, I think he'd be comfortable asking about that stuff if he was putting it together from like the the hotel from like the the mayor's house. And I think over time that would probably be a, like they talked in the car, and then he had time to sit, and they'd just be like, "So about Sally." She's mad at us, so she made friends with this monster thing. So how do we make her not mad at us anymore? Well, what we have to do, Adrian, is we have to kill the monster thing that she's friends with. And then she'll come back to us. But we, we killed the pastor, and his spooky thing is living in the sewer. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on that shouldn't be going on and that's what we're here for we're here to get another clue as to how to destroy the monster that sally is friends with but what is the clue well i don't know adrian that's what we're here to find out are a house are a house and a home the same thing (laughs) no they can be but they're not always Okay, but this is my house. Yes. But the wall said the the clue would be at home. Right, so this was your home. So but, in this case, a house and a home are the same thing. But But you said we're going back to Boston, so we don't live here. So this isn't a home. <laughs> Where's our home? I don't think we have one right now, Adrian. But we'll find it. So our our home is each other? I like that. Okay. But I don't but... know if the monster speaks in those kind of intangible images. Oh, no. We'll stab the monster. Uh, and he just takes out his, like, spooky knife that he got for the cult. He's like, you do this, and then it's on fire, and it dies. Exactly. And it then has... we'll give Sally a cake. Exactly. Everybody likes cake. Happy birthday to us. Huh. And with that, you uh, you exit the, the truck and uh, make your way up to the diesel estate. Uh, the grounds of which are less well-kept now that there's no longer a spooky ghost janitor. <laughs> um, friendly ghost janitor. Um, Richter, um, you make your way uh, into uh, the basement. We've actually never described your basement. Uh, what the fuck is Richter's basement like? Ugh. 
Uh, it's like a second curiosity shop. It's like okay. it's like the satellite location for his <laughs> for his shop. So it's just full of weird shit, man. There's like a sarcophagus in there. Uh, there's uh, masks from different cultures. Uh, um, a number of books and scrolls, books like stacked like up like to the ceiling, like canisters, uh, library yeah. style. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Um, Ryan and Claire, uh, what is one interesting object uh, that exists in Richter's uh, satellite location basement? Ooh, I'd like to think that there's like a petrified, clawed, animal hand. Okay. Of of an animal that no one could guess what it is. All right. I like that. I like that. You can find it either in Richter's basement or at like a Ripley's Believe It or Not. Yeah, in like exactly. Niagara Falls. Yeah, all right. I love it. Uh, there is a suit of samurai armor uh, in the style of an oni, like the demon. Only it has all been made as one interlocking piece. So it is impossible for a person to get into or get out of it. It is just hanging on a frame and no one knows why that is true. Cool. That's fucking awesome. That is awesome. Very cool. You got a cool basement, pal. Uh, yeah. You make your way into said cool basement. I like to think this is where like, I keep the good shit, so to speak. Like The shop is for stuff that I'm willing to let go for a price. <laughs> but like this is like the private collection. I'm starting to realize more and more um, that Richter is kind of like the embodiment of Honest Ed, the the weird like variety shop owner here in Toronto, who similarly had like, it was like everything was like, oh, you can get toothpaste for 99 cents. And then there would just be a corner where it was like giant golden, like guard the center of a palace statues for like $20,000. And they're like, oh, and also this, but also cheap VHSs. Yeah. I also like to imagine that this is what, where Richter I also like to imagine that this is where Richter brings dates on like the second date <laughs> to be like, this is going to impress them. I mean, look, Jessica Fletcher tried. She she shot her she shot. Did. And if anyone would have appreciated this as a date, it would be her. I don't think Richter's been on a date. I don't know, no. if Tyler, if that's true. But if he has been on dates, nobody makes it to the basement. I was going to say. <laughs> Like the I dates, think, the dates are done and off before it, he can be like, would you like to come into my basement and take a look at my exotic vase? I think Richter would take himself on a date for a special night. Like Richter has to do something where he feels like he earned a trip to the basement. <laughs> like, like it's, it's his own self courting of like yeah. intellect. Well, yeah. so then this, this is actually a pretty significant uh, moment then because anywhere else in the house, being kind of touched by anything like fucking fine, but this is this is sacred ground for you. Then, um, can you roll me a spot hidden, please? Oof, fail. Uh, looking around um, with sort of a mounting sense of of uh, doom and of uh, import, uh, you find nothing. Um, you keep expecting to, you know, find, I don't know, the Annabelle doll or some shit, just like sitting there being like, I'm clearly evil. Um, but nothing is out of place in your basement. Uh, in fact, nothing seems to be out of place anywhere in your house. Um, which is, I think to some extent disappointing, but also somewhat vexing. What would Richter make of that? It's a relief that nothing was done down here. Mm-hmm. 
But then there is the nagging sensation of, okay, well, what have I missed? And my home feeling a little desecrated, like, Mm -hmm. like such a, a powerful message written on that wall of like, there's more gifts at your friend's homes. Uh, And to come home and not, not have it just be like in your face to now be like, where is it? When am I going to find it? What Mm -hmm. is it going to be? I think there's just a sense of unease about the rest of his home relief that he didn't find anything untowards in the basement. And now just a, a, a simmering level of anxiety about the rest of his house. Um, so you're standing in this, this heavy silence, um, feeling that kind of anxiety mount, um, when suddenly the air is pierced, uh, by the harsh metallic ringing of your phone upstairs. Uh, meanwhile, um, Adrian and Red, um, you are approaching, uh, the diesel estate. Um, what's your approach vector? What, what kind of, how are you, you playing this? We can say safely that you're like out of the, the truck. Uh, you can let me know where you parked it. You can let me know how you're kind of approaching. I mean, I think I would suggest that Adrian go in the front door and I go in the back door. Okay. Okay. Addy would never think to have a subtle plan. It's his house. So he would just go up and open the door. He would also wait if Red was like, wait to a count of 20. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. To fully qualify, he is only capable of counting to three. So he would just count to three and then go. But Red probably knows that. Knows I do. She's got to run. Yeah. I would probably probably say, now count to 20 five times. So he'd go one, two, three, one, two, three. Yeah, and she's one, just one, two, bucket. three, and then he'd go. But he, she gets nine out of it, which is good. Right. Uh, okay, amazing. Um, would you guys? Uh, you're, you're going for like the the boot the door, or just like opening like oh are he you would cramering just in, or are yeah. you like uh, it's his house, but I think he still thinks of it as his parents' house. So I think he would open it politely, but probably yell like "Mommy, Dad, I'm home." Okay. Yeah. Red's not in a physical mood to boot anything open, so gotcha. Um, so you um, uh, open the doors and uh, step in, and uh, and sorry, Red's going in the front, Adrian's going in the back, or vice versa. Other way around. Perfect. Adrian, um, you feel uh, something crunch uh, under your your foot as you open the door, um, and the large mirror that used to hang near the door is shattered. Oh. Did I do this? Uh, <laughs> he cannot remember whether or not it was from his mirror-breaking phase or if he was cool with it. Um, it was not, but he can't remember, so... Yeah. Red, um, <clears throat> would you be doing, like, spot hidden? Would you be doing listen? What do you think your, your entry would be? Yeah, I think it would be, like, very quietly turning the doorknob gun in one hand opening the door looking around both sides of the inside yeah spot hidden for sure sure great that is ooh, that's a hard success um okay so as you um ease uh the door open and uh kind of just peek inside um you can similarly see anywhere that uh, any reflective surface 
um, that you can kind of observe that isn't glass that would be specifically uh, reflective uh, is also shattered. So there's, we'll say there's another mirror kind of near the back um, and uh, it is also broken. But other than that, um, the building feels still uh, looking around. You, you don't see signs of a struggle. Um, the mirrors just seem to be broken. I'm going to pick up the largest shard of mirror that I can find. Mm-hmm. And and I don't even think she understands, like, I know why I'm doing it. I don't even know if Red understands the occulty nature of what she's doing, but I think she's just like, it doesn't like mirrors. Grab the biggest chunk of mirror I can find in case this bastard shows its face. Cool. Um, can you roll me another spot hidden? I'm sorry, we're leaning on that one a lot today. It just is important for reasons. <laughs> I've rolled two twenty-fives. That's uh, another hard success. Um, as you pick it up, um, you you kind of do the Theseus shield thing um, for you know if you're going to break into Medusa's house and arbitrarily kill her like Theseus did. Um, as it as you kind of hold it up, uh, something feels off about it. Like it's just kind of one of those things where you know occasionally you'll you'll notice a detail that kind of like sets you back. Uh, so you turn uh, the mirror shard back towards you. Uh, and uh, you have no reflection. Good. <laughs> you okay. guys are really getting somewhere fast with your house. My house is just normal <laughs> and it's freaking me out. It's worse uh, than finding something. So okay. having stared into the empty shard and noticing now with the other shards that they too are reflecting nothing. Um, do you hold it back up in front of you? Yes. I think she's going to be like, that's fucking weird and probably means something terrible, but I've made this choice and I'm going <laughs> to stick to it. Amazing. Um, because so... chances are, if it's something that has caused me to not appear in mirrors, it's probably not going to be something that I can shoot with a gun. Um... <laughs> Legit. So I, I feel like this is kind of like, it would be a flashlight normally. In this case, it's like your FBI badge. So like yeah. you've got the gun up with like mirror shard. Um, and with that, um, you meet up with Adrian, um, Red, would it be safe to say, given, given this idea you've had that you would take lead because the odds of you being able to out spoopy a spoopy thing is higher than Adrian just getting like stomped by a ghost. Yes. Okay. Though Addy does have his magic knife. This is also true. Um, so I think we'll say it's kind of like Red, you're kind of like leading the way with the shard up and the gun. Um, uh, Adrian, you're bringing up the rear with like the narwhal out, and I guess the knife. Like you, like... he probably focus on the knife if she's got the gun and, we're, and she she looks spooked. Uh, <clears throat> and yeah, he'd like Secret Service, and it. it's that like one hand on the shoulder, ready to like you know shove gotcha. her aside if he's got a stab. Cool. Um, but I also think like seeing her holding up this glass shard would would probably signal to you like, oh, Red's got a plan. So like, yeah, it's the seems... plan, and if the plan goes bad, stabby stabby stab. Exactly. She seems yep. purposeful. Uh, amazing. So um, kind of in that Secret Service mode, uh, you start making your way up the stairs. Um, meanwhile, uh, Richter, uh, the classic, classic this era, like bell ringing that we now sometimes put on digital smartphones to make us yeah. feel like we still have the things we yeah. grew up with um, is, is just piercing the air around you. What do you do? I think I probably curse as <laughs> just like shites, just like 
Oh, it's just the phone. Oh, geez. Okay. And I'll make my way up the stairs to, to answer the phone. Okay. Um, so you uh, arrive to your, your, your kitchen. Uh, the phone has stopped ringing uh, as you, you approach it on your wall. I'll, uh, I'll wait. You know, someone's trying to get a hold of me. They might call again. I'll, I'll wait. Um, after a few moments, uh, the phone begins to ring again. I'm going to answer. Um, you hear uh, an inhuman screech um, and uh, the, the sound of glass shattering um, and uh, what, what sounds like um, uh, almost bone breaking. Um, and uh, through the receiver, uh, you, you just hear, please, Herr Richter. You must help. Do I recognize I'm that at voice? the motel. It is here. Uh, and then you hear the sound of a laser gun. Huh. And a scream. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan the Plant at the Ryan the Plant on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark Alleys and Sentinel by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. And all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are Dum Dum Dice. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, Fire Unfriendly, Logan, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Welcome to Beyond the Dark. Sub-level 19 was nothing like the other floors at Machinko. There were no alabaster workbenches, no spotless white carpets. Here, it was dank, dark, and that noise. A humming 
throbbing sound like a sickly heartbeat hiding behind the whir of a great machine. A large metal cage loomed out of the darkness, backlit by an iridescent blue monitor, on which a cursor blinked idly. A metal panel slid out of an aperture in the cage near the monitor, and suddenly the cursor came to life. It read, Insert hand here. Beyond the Dark, a sci-fi anthology by Mark R. Healy, creator of The Strata. Find it at beyondthedarkpodcast.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts.